Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Davis, and this is episode 16 of season 4. Now, I'm going to say a word to you now that, paradoxically, manages to be one of the most frequently used in this industry without anyone knowing what it actually really means. Or, more precisely, everyone has their own interpretation and definition of what it means, which therefore allows it to be used to describe pretty much anything you want. And the word is bespoke. Now, to some purists, it means a tree goes in one end of a workshop and a kitchen comes out of the other. But to lots of other people, it means that the vast choice of modular options coupled with the huge variation in client spaces means that no two kitchens will ever be the same. And so they are bespoke. So if anyone can use it, where does the value in the word lie? It's a very woolly area, of course, so I'm talking it all through with Sean O'Malley from Arbor Lane Interiors in Kent, which happily and very proudly describes itself as a bespoke furniture manufacturer. But first, do you subscribe to the KBB Review email newsletter? What do you mean, no? Well, you're missing out on the latest KBB industry news, opinions, interviews, products and jobs, all delivered straight to your inbox twice a week. And who wouldn't want that? I know I do, and I write the thing. All you need to do is go to kbbreview.com forward slash subscribe to sign up now. Okay, let's talk all things bespoke now with Sean O'Malley from Arbor Lane Interiors. Hello, Sean. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. A bit cloudy and overcast today, but up in the loft, but it means I'm not baking here like a tin box. Now, first up, best place to start, tell us a little bit about Arbor Lane Interiors, who you are, what do you do, where you are. Arbor Lane, we're based in Rochester in Kent. We are classed as a bespoke kitchen, bedroom, bathroom, study, boot room, cabinet manufacturer. We've been selling to the trade now for a little over two years into independent retailers, designers, developers. We've steadily built over the past two years to what we would now consider a reasonable level within the marketplace as a manufacturer of cabinetry. And Rochester, not too far from me. I'm down here in Beckenham, so it's okay. not too far. A beautiful part of the world. Now, we're here to talk about the word bespoke here. Now, you've already used it once in describing yourself. So what do you define it as? As far as you're concerned, what does bespoke actually mean in the way that you use it? The way we use bespoke, Andrew, is really that we are manufacturing a product to a given size. We are not defining the size ourselves. We are given the size and measurements from our designers in order that they might be able to design within a space that they've been given by their client. What we aren't doing is producing box after box, which enables the designer to work with and gives them, let's say, various limitations. We don't want to give constraints on anything. If we're asked for a certain width cabinet, height of cabinet as long as it's within the tolerances of the of the materials that are being used then we can fulfill their requirements and their wishes so it is without limitations if i want a 601 millimeter cabinet i can have one you will receive a 601 cabinet most definitely but what we do say is even if you asked for a 600 cabinet that to us would be bespoke because we are purely making that cabinet for you as a a customer of ours how we arrive at those dimensions and those measurements within the design is purely down to the designer. I liken it a little bit to all men do. We have a suit and we can have a suit and we could go to Savile Row and we could get all of our measurements taken. And to me, that is a bespoke item that has been made specifically for us. If we walk into the high street shop 
and take a suit jacket off the rail, which is has a 42-inch chest. It's either short or long in the arms. We are then fitting that size. We're fitting into that jacket, not the reverse. So I, I see the bespokeness as being the item has been made to suit the space and not vice versa. I mean, I think that's a definition shared by many people in your position, but it is a very open to interpretation, that word. For example, Wren sometimes say that they sell bespoke built kitchens. That's the extreme end of the measure. So does the word have enough specificity to carry value when you talk about it to your customers and your clients? I think you can use the word bespoke in many different guises in that there's a bespoke design. So you can design bespokely to that space. The bespokeness of the cabinetry is something that's completely different. So when Wren are using that bespoke kitchen, it's not actually the kitchen that is bespoke. It's the design, the designer that has used the tools available to them to suit that space. But they will always, always end up, unless the space is made around their design, with fillers. They will have to have a filler. So let's step through that a minute. So if I'm a retailer and a designer, I may use modular products, but I guess the argument is that the choice of those products is so wide, everyone's home is a different shape, their taste is completely different. So every kitchen or bathroom I do is unique. No two are the same. So isn't that bespoke? No, because you've been given the tools to fill that space, be it a bathroom or a kitchen, you are going and picking those tools. You, you may be picking the colour, yes, I agree with that, that, that and the colour may be... It, and again, it wouldn't be bespoke because somebody else could come in and, and choose that colour. So it's not bespoke to you. The other analogy I use is sometimes, as well as obviously a, a, an item of clothing, is, as you mentioned, on a house that's been built, but that has been built using modular products. A brick which is 225 millimetres long to construct, a bit, if it's made out of obviously individual bricks. But that's how it's been made. The design to it and the aesthetics to it has come from the architect. That's where your bespokeness has come within the design. If an architect, one of their grand stately homes, something like that has been built new, they will commission different sized stone to be used, etc. And that stone will be made particular to that project. As I say, this is a devil's advocate argument here, but say, for example, here's a good one. My son loves Lego, right? He's 12 years old. He loves Lego. He's got boxes full of the stuff. Now, Lego pieces are modular, right? You can only get certain. But when he makes a Lego model, every single one of them is completely different every single time. Yes, but he's not putting that within a space, is he? He's not going between two walls, restricted by windows, doors, any restraints in that way. So, in effect, he's building something that's freestanding. That is true. So, so for example, you were saying that even if you make a 600 mil cabinet, it's still a bespoke mm -hmm. cabinet, yep. right? Are most of the kitchens you make built out of 600 mil cabinets as a proportion of the entire kitchen? It takes a little period of time for the designer to actually uh, have the realisation that they're not constrained to a 600 or an 800 cabinet. Yes, what you initially get or, or we get sent over on a, a design stage is historically what they've been used to and what they've probably been taught to use as a modular system. So 600, 800s. And what we do is we develop with the designer the actual fact that they don't have to have everything in 600 mil increments. So if you're looking at a dishwasher, 
an oven housing, a sink base unit, a bin unit. They are very set mindfully at the aesthetics in saying that I need to work on these set module sizes. I need to work on a 600 size. I need to have my dishwasher, my bin, my sink unit all at the same size. What we then find when we're working within the constraints of the space and the area, we're going back to the designer and saying, if you look again and you slightly alter the cabinet size, the sink base size from a 600 to a 624, what you're then losing at the end of that design is your filler pieces. So it actually looks when you've come in, and that's what many end clients will say, is I ordered a bespoke kitchen and I've walked back into my room and you've given me filler pieces at the end. Where's the bespokeness within that design or, or, or the cabinet manufacturer? Yes, I guess that is the ultimate definition of bespoke, isn't it? Is it gives you as a designer endless possibilities to really stretch yourself to, to what it is you're capable of doing if the materials that you can use and the products that you can use can stretch to fit what you want. Yes, we give constraints with actually what we visualise as our, as our finished product. So our product is, a, is an in-frame product and what we set as a standard is that we use 45mm rails and on the shaker door, on the styles and rails, we will use 80 mil. But other than that, within the actual measurements and the sizes of the cabinetry, we don't constrain the designers at all. I guess a big part of this is, is how much of a kitchen has to be made that way to make it a bespoke kitchen. Every kitchen would have a bespoke worktop in it because it's got to be templated. So I know you can't put a percentage on it, but because it's a very loose word to use... If it's got one element of bespokeness to it, i.e. a worktop, it's a bespoke kitchen, isn't it? It's really hard, isn't it? It's very, di- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very difficult because the item that you're referring to a specific item. Say, I'm talking from as a cabinet manufacturer, we're supplying that bespoke. I mean, you could look at the the worktop, yes, as you rightly say, and it's had to fit within that space. So that does make that a bespoke. It's very difficult, isn't it, Andrew? Because it is. the worktop is the worktop. It's made out of material that you can work, walk into another property and see exactly the same material used as the worktop. The sink might be in a different position. The worktop edge may be slightly different. So, yes, that's making it bespoke. But what you're doing then is you're throwing out the word bespoke as an umbrella to a, a finished design and a, an offering that you've given the customer in a very loose term. I think that is what we're talking about here, is it is a very loose term. I mean, you, you, you're you talking about not constraining designers, but they are constrained, for example, by appliance sizes. They are constrained yes. by that. The ovens are the size that they are, and the dishwasher is the size that it is, and therefore they have to fit in the housing around it. Now, I'm not saying they can't play with what is around it, but it is still a restraint. It is still a constriction. I guess it's this idea of what is bespoke, how many bespoke elements do you need to make something bespoke? You know, in a bathroom, it's very hard to do anything bespoke by the definition that you're putting it in, apart from the furniture, which is only a small part of what a bathroom is. Even though one bathroom can be completely different to the other because there are so many modular products involved. Mm. I think bespoke is being used as a more widely now as a perception of value. Companies are picking up that previously the bespoke market was a very niche market. It was of a higher value. Now, as you say, with the likes of Wren, when they're saying that they're supplying in your bespoke kitchen, it's giving your end user that misconception that they're buying into something that is bespoke and is is solely for them. It's a sales technique, really. To be honest, it's almost like using the word sell. 
how often do you go in and find that actually your product could be bought at the same price somewhere else for exactly the same value, same product, but you're led to believe that you're getting something of a greater value because it's been offered to you in a sale. The same can be said about somebody saying that they're giving you something that's bespoke. Your belief is that you'll be giving them a bespoke kitchen and then what you're having is you'll be having people sitting around the table, as we are sitting here now, who will be saying to their friends and family, I've just had installed a bespoke kitchen. And people around that table will be saying, it's not really bespoke, is it? Where's the bespokeness in the items that we're looking at here? And then it's a very difficult point to argue across, where is that line of, of bespoke drawn? When does just a wide selection of something become a bespoke choice? It's a bespoke choice. So I'm sitting here as a manufacturer saying as as we're a bespoke manufacturer. There's a bespoke design. Throwing the umbrella of a bespoke across the complete industry. So what we're leading to is the whole industry soon will be bespoke because everybody will be using that term. And we will be looking at another term to use to set our product apart in the marketplace. My involvement normally with retailers in in the first point of contact is that that's what they ask for from me. They approach us as a company, Arbor Lane, and they are looking for a bespoke manufacturer. Now, they will already have a German-Italian manufacturer supplying them as a retailer, but they will still class us as a bespoke manufacturer to them. Because, of course, you can get very, very expensive kitchens that are modular. There's some big German brands or whatever that, that do do modular kitchens and you wouldn't get a lot of change out of 100 grand for them. But are they bespoke? Well, this is the question. They're not bespoke, are they? They are just a very expensive modular product. I suppose my point is where the value lies in the word. Because the idea is, I suppose, that you are getting more for your money. It's From us, it's, it's a handmade product. Yeah. It, that, that's where the value is coming from, is that we have joiners within our factory who are hand-making and building your particular piece of furniture. And for decades, the, the value in, in a skilled craftsman and tradesman comes from. What we're not doing is we're not producing a production line where we're mass producing to meet a, a market need. And there's the value, and there's the bespokeness to the product, is it, is it has a, a human input to it. But as you say, I think it is the power of words and the power of language, really, is what this is all about. Because there are certain words that float around people's websites and marketing material that are loose interpretations, loose definitions. Bespoke is one. I think luxury is another. Premium. Uh, you know, these are all words that float around just to invoke a kind of sense of something within the consumer or within the customer over what it is that you're getting. And they are not a definition like, for example, um, architect. You know, you can't you can't use the word architect because that has a defined language to it that, you know, you, you'll get a letter from yes, Reba. Yes, you can't. Um, you yeah. So, you know, you're not going to get a letter from the International Bespoke Agency saying, please don't use the word bespoke because, you know, you, you do not fit to that. So I suppose the, the question really is, if that's the real value in it, does a word like that lose its value over time the more people use it, as you say? Are you going to have to find a new version of bespoke? Yes. If it's readily touted within the industry or by the industry, the word bespoke to all products fulfilling that criteria of a, of a, of a kitchen then we will have to find that point of difference for ourselves to almost stand us apart from the generic norm. Yes, ironically, if everyone says they're bespoke, everybody's the same, aren't they? Shall we get to the point where we'll all be saying that everybody's driving a luxury car? 
if you're driving a car, it'd probably be a luxury soon. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a luxury. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's it. Yes, so the fuel prices the way they are. Then that's why. Yeah. What you'll be finding is the bespoke is starting to lose that credibility within the industry. Yeah, and it's very hard, that kind of language, to find the new things because then everyone follows alongside it. I mean, I was being very critical. I think everybody uses similar kind of language to describe themselves. And I think no one really tries to find something different. So the luxury, premium, bespoke manufacturer, bespoke retailer, these are all words that trip easily off the tongue. But as you say, they get to a point where they don't really mean anything or hold any value what we still can currently hold on to is the handmade element to the product but what does evolve and increase with time as with larger bespoke manufacturers is everything becomes starts to become automated because of their need to succeed as a business they are looking at how to optimize their their manufacturing process so for a, a short period of time your growth can only then be fulfilled by the addition of more and more manual craftsmanship which is then obviously very difficult to manage as soon as you set up machinery you're eliminating that handmade side of the product but currently that's it's a stand apart placement of, of, of where you are in the market you, you don't want to be dragged into the realms of being a Ren retailer we're looking to hold on to our values as a bespoke supply of cabinetry to the industry Although weirdly, I've always wondered about hand-cooked crisps. You, know, you, you get bags of crisps that say they're hand-cooked. And I, and I, I really well, don't know what that means. No, and I think we probably have to get somebody on from that side of the industry to yeah. justify where that has come from. Again, it's a loose term, but handmade, even but we could end up with being saying that handmade is literally somebody has had to push the button. Someone physically pushed the button to start that piece of machinery. But that isn't in real terms what handmade means. But I suppose if we're looking for the positives in that, it shows that if even big brands, big companies, whatever they are, are trying to get across the idea that there is a level of craftsmanship or artisanship involved in something, it demonstrates that that is what ultimately the consumer wants and is looking for. And it's quite flattering to think that Wren want to be bespoke. They want to be perceived as bespoke. So if anything, it's flattering to us as a bespoke manufacturer that Wren are actually wanting to emulate us. And we're not trying to be, as I said, we're not trying to be Wren. I do think there's something about retailing, and particularly the retailer, particularly independent retailers, who can describe themselves as giving the consumer or the clients a bespoke experience. That's one of the differences, I think, with somebody like a, like Ren, who, you know, it's a very successful model, but they sort of get people in and out and through the door as quickly as they can. Whereas, you know, your top-level independent designers and retailers give people bespoke experiences. Even if they're using modular products, at the end of it all, they feel like they've had a unique experience in the installation or the, the purchase of that bathroom or kitchen. I did listen to one of your podcasts recently about the importance of a showroom. And that was, was coming across greatly f from some of the retailers you had there about the experience they were trying to create within the showroom. And I think what you're trying to achieve as an end goal for a client, for our retailer, is that our client, when all and done and complete, walks into the space that they've given to their designer and retailer and feels as if that furniture has almost grown within that space and not arrived there. 
They haven't had to compromise anywhere. No, I, I, I have had experience of it wasn't on this side of the industry, it was on another side, but I was present where a perceived bespoke uh, retailer had finished their installation and I'd gone to look at some of the components and the end client was furious, absolutely furious that there was a filler within the design and that they were never aware of. And all she kept saying, and it still rings true in my head now, is I expected a bespoke product her perception of bespoke was that it it was to suit that space bespoke is being used in various guises as you say within an experience within the design it's really channeling the perception of bespoke to people as to what elements of, of the end product is actually bespoke and if many of these retailers want to use it as a bespoke design then i have no problems with that none at all my grievance is when they are saying that you're receiving a bespoke and putting it under the umbrella of a bespoke kitchen because to me it isn't it isn't you have used a modular system to create your bespoke design so you have used what's laid on the table in front of you as with your son with his lego blocks and he's built something with his own flair and and design input, which looks, it's more individual than bespoke. I think we have to be very careful as to where we're leading the, the customer. We're starting to all merge into one. And, and as I say, that's purely because of the, the need as a marketing tool for these larger companies to try and take all pieces of the market that's where i say the flattering comes because if we look at ourselves as a as a as a medium to large bespoke manufacturer within the industry what we have is global manufacturers wanting a little piece of our pie weirdly and this is a new way of looking at this thing but a lot of it's about keywords isn't it you you want people to find your website when they search for something keywords get included on lots of marketing material if you google bespoke kitchens Ren come up as one of the ads. So so Ren have specifically put that in as a search term that they want to advertise against it. It comes up as one of the ads are in the top. And then the actual search terms bring up Duvall, Harvey Jones, Tom Howley, as you would expect them to, to do. Roundhouse, these kind of guys. But then Magnet also come out. Kitchen House, it's not a criticism of them, but it's the Kitchen House come out. Wix come out. So what would be interesting is where would that sit with trading standards? There's no, yeah, as you were going to say now, if there's no definition of bespoke in its true form. Um, but if everyone from Devol to Wix have chosen bespoke kitchens as a search term in Google, again, what value does it carry? Yeah, and for now, we still have to use it because the majority of people will be wanting bespoke. So it also holds a perception of value. If somebody is looking for a higher value but going into the search engines and putting bespoke in, that is somebody who wants that, that, that experience of the quality of product, the value of product, the aesthetics of the product, the service behind that product. You are looking for that experience. So that's hence why you're using the word bespoke. But it is being loosely used. Everybody will come up on bespoke. But for now, we have to use that term because that is the search term they're looking for. What is that, as you said earlier, with luxury, premium, 
that's what you're doing. So what, what you'll find is when you put in a premium as a search brand, then there'll be many premium manufacturers out there who'll be saying, you can't class me in the same term as another manufacturer because of the, the premium that is obviously the quality of the product that you're using even to the use of the, uh, of different types of board within your cabinetry, uh, the wood that you're using uh, to construct your cabinetry. The premium comes from there. But again, who is out there defining the term premium? It's about leading a horse to water, isn't it? That kind of language gets people onto your website, gets people perhaps even visiting a showroom. And then when they get there, they can discover quite quickly whether what is on sale is or isn't what their perception of bespoke actually is. And it's down to you as a, as a retailer and a designer to educate your customer and client. In taking a client in, into to that experience, you really want to show the, these differences from what makes your product bespoke to somebody else's product bespoke. So you really are sitting somebody down and saying, look, you've given me a 4.670 space and I will be giving you cabinetry that suits that space is in, in its entirety. We won't be giving you a 100ml filler, a 50ml filler at the end. And, and really what you are doing is you, you are edu- educating the end user into truly what bespoke means because I think they go in there with, loosely with this term, not understanding how it's being used within the industry, within, within the marketing. So you are saying... Bespoke means, as you said at the beginning, if you want a cabinet that's 601 wide, you will receive a cabinet that's 601 wide. And almost what you're doing is you're seeing the penny drop in front of you. You're not cutting around. You're not making your unit shorter just to go under a beam. You'll make your cabinetry suit the space. It's not bespoke design. It's not a bespoke experience. It's bespoke cabinetry. And it's handmade bespoke cabinetry. A lot of love and devotion has gone into that piece of furniture that's standing in front of you. And that's what we do refer to it as a piece of furniture, as you would with a a dining table, a sideboard. I suppose what you've got is in the evolution of manufacturing is I'm just sitting here at a dining table now. And I'm thinking, as I was saying that, that hold on a minute, this dining table I'm sitting in front of isn't bespoke. It's not been handmade it's not been made for this particular space and the evolution of furniture has been from day one if you got a joiner a carpenter who came into your home to make your dining table they make you a dining table to suit the space you don't really get that now not often really would you even a sideboard anything like everything is bought that's been made modular yes but you can still get people who sell handmade furniture like if someone makes a garden bench or something, they make them by hand, but they are made yes. the same every time. Yes, but that's not bespoke. Right, even though it's handmade. No, your garden bench, which is handmade, isn't a bespoke piece of furniture because it's made in, in multiples. We're really using the word bespoke to define the space, I feel. Handmade is is, is where we're going next to almost stand us apart from what is readily being just branded around the marketplace as a common used word it's very difficult Andrew. it is extremely difficult to get this across to people i don't think we're going to solve it today sean i don't think we will i don't think we'll solve it not maybe in our lifetime uh, no but if nothing else my head now hurts <laughs> I'm, I'm questioning myself 
yeah, and it's very difficult, isn't it? But I think you know we can draw a conclusion from this. I think it is about the power of language, and we can argue round and round the houses about you know what we def- individually define bespoke as. But it's that individual definition, the gut reaction to the word, which is ultimately what you're trying to get out of the consumer, isn't it? And whether or not the, the consumer will then argue with you about what is the, the strictly bespoke and what strictly isn't, if they feel. That, that that is mirroring what their own definition of bespoke is, then you're halfway to the sale. Yes, and as you say, I prefer the term to be used within the design element and the experience by other retailers. And I suppose until such time that maybe another term is brought out specifically for what we are producing, as I say, as a bespoke manufacturer, we will just have to let individuals come up with their own perception of how that term is used. Well, maybe that's the next gold rush, is who can come up with a word that means bespoke but no one else has used before? The first one to get that wins. I'm sure the younger generation will all be working on something that is loosely the term to mean something that's completely different. Well, look, Sean, thank you so much for this. It's such, I mean, so interesting, isn't it? Yeah, when you get these vague areas, again, it's, it's about different people's interpretations of things. So, look, it's so nice to hear yours. Thank you so much for this. I'm sure there'll be lots of people who agree with you and lots of people who don't. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Sam. We'll speak again soon. Take care. Well, that was Sean O'Malley from Arbor Lane Interiors in Rochester. Clearly a big advocate for the most traditional definition of what bespoke should mean. But what do you think? Is it overused? Does everyone in the independent kitchen and bathroom retail market have enough bespoke elements to what they do to justify its use? Let me know what you think, especially if you have an alternative word to use. Drop me a line on andrewdavis at taylistmedia.com. See you next time for the last episode of the season. (laughs) 